0: Hello and welcome to this episode of The Pod Presents Primarily Context-Based. This podcast is a collaboration between CTO Craft and Whale, and it was inspired by the Q&A site Stack Overflow, where questions have to have a single right answer, and questions can be closed and archived because they're considered primarily opinion-based. Well, we think that the most interesting questions don't have a single right answer, and they are primarily context-based. And in this podcast, we're going to take one of those questions talk about a range of answers and the context that makes them appropriate. My name's Howell Carver, I'm the CEO of Skill Whale. We do live team coaching for tech teams, which is problem-based learning with feedback from a live expert, targeting individual skill gaps for that team level strategic outcome, all happening within working hours in small time units. I've been a CTO for about 10 years. I ran tech leader dinners in London for three or more years and those are actually returning London folks. So uh, get in touch with us if you'd like to come to those. And I've also been a CTO coach, and one thing I've seen again and again is that the same questions come up repeatedly, but with different answers every time, because context is critical. Today, I'm really excited to be talking about strategy and tactics with the brilliant Lena Reinhardt. Lena, hi, how are you doing?
1: Hi, I'm so happy to be here. It's good to see you.
0: It's good to see you too. Tell us all a bit about your background, the the work that you do, where you specialize in your, your leadership consulting. A bit of that, please.
1: Um, so yeah, I'm a leadership coach, organizational consultant, trainer, and I do a bunch of public speaking as well. And my background is, well, first I started out in finance um, and then got into tech by accident and spent the last 15 years building tech teams all over the world, mostly globally distributed. And over that time, kind of accidentally, again, ended up working with a lot of teams going through high changes like hyper growth or working during multiple pandemics. And I've had roles like VP Engineering at Travis CI and Circle CI. I was a CEO and co-founder of a software as a service startup and worked with teams from pre-founding up to um, pre-IPO mostly and have a lot of chance to work on my own strategic leadership as well. So I'm really excited to talk about this today.
0: Awesome. So it's particularly exciting for me, and maybe this helps to set the scene of this topic a bit, because I have always found it difficult to to understand what people mean about the difference between strategy and tactics. And I've tried to dig into it. And actually it was a talk that you gave that finally gave me definitions that I felt were useful. Because when I tried to dig into it before, what I found was people would essentially say strategy means long-term and tactics means short-term. And I find that a very unsatisfying distinction that also doesn't really fit in with my intuition. And it also means that my strategy might be someone else's tactic, right? The person I report to might have a tactic, Mm -hmm. which is telling me to do something that becomes my strategy. And that doesn't really make sense. Mm -hmm. And then in your talk, you made the difference clearer to me. And so I think you are the perfect person to have as the guest on this episode. So maybe I can hand over to you to start with the kind of the scene setting and what what strategy and tactics even are. Mm
1: -hmm. It's a great question, honestly, one that I also struggled with for a really long time, because I always felt similar to you, like the short and um, long-term didn't really die for me. And I honestly in the end found the Wikipedia definitions exceptionally helpful. Um, nice. It feels quite simple, but honestly, like, um, for me, it was really useful. Um, so I like the definition that's there about strategy in terms of strategy being like setting goals and priorities, determining your actions to achieve those, mobilizing your resources, like skills you have on your team, budgets you have and then to execute the actions and that last part is where the tactics happen and that's also the definition that i gave in this talk and for me that was really useful because it also highlights like the tactics are part of the strategy like they're not some distinct separate thing but they they are one and in this talk i use an example that um i've been thinking or operating with for a really long time, which is that of a hike. Um, I had pictures and photos I took of a hike in Sardinia I took a while ago on a vacation. And the whole thing is essentially when you do a hike like this, I had a destination at the top of a mountain I wanted to get to, and that's your strategy. It's the ultimate the destination you want to get to. But in order to get there, you need a path, you need a plan, you need some hiking gear you need to actually like, take turns uh, on your path that you're taking. You need to look down. Like I stumble quite a lot. I'm a little bit clumsy sometimes. And so I need to make sure that I'm not getting like my feet caught in some bushes on the path or like, stumbling over, over rocks. And those t- steps that you're taking and the turns, those are your tactics, but ultimately they lead you to your mountaintop, to your destination that you want to get to.
0: Mm, I like that um, that visual as well. It makes it much kind of clearer. The, the defining the peak that you're aiming for mm-hmm. setting that that goal and mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. so I can't remember if we've talked about this before Lena but one of my passions is board games and mm-hmm. um, particularly strategy games and one of the things that always bugs me is before a game someone's saying I'm going to try this strategy in this game and I'm like but how can you know that yet like we haven't <laughs> if you if you say the strategy in advance you you give everyone else the opportunity to disrupt it mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the things that I, always fits my intuition about these words is that strategy has to be contextual. It should respond mm-hmm. to what's going on, where tactics right. are sometimes repeatable, right? Like a, a football team can practice a certain setup for a free kick mm-hmm. or whatever, and then they can just decide in the moment, oh, we're going to do that now or or not. Mm-hmm. Do, is, yeah. that, is that true of all tactics? Do you think that they have a repeatability built in to the definition? True to say that all strategy is contextual?
1: I would absolutely agree that strategy needs to be contextual. Like I do love the board game example where I, you can't pretend your strategy can happen in isolation. Like sure, you can decide on it. But then once you actually start the game, that's when you need to s- start reassessing in that example. With like Is the strategy actually workable? Because what are my sort of, opponents or my co-players doing in this? And that should influence what you're doing. same with the mountaintop example, like if the weather changes, it's probably not safe to go to the mountaintop anymore. And so I need to decide, okay, well, I'm going to actually change my course or go back home and so adapt my strategy to that. Um, and even with the football players, as you just said, like in the moment, they may decide, hey, the opponent is actually using something different or doing something different than we expected. We're going to change our gameplay and our strategy, the same thing, like all strategy and same with um, corporations and startups and scale ups. Like you need to look at what's around you in the sense of your competition, but also So macroeconomic factors, what's happening in the broader industry, what are trends, what are your customers saying? Like there's so much information that sets the context for the strategy. And of course, there's always an unknown portion in the end. Strategy is still a bet that you're making based on Mm. the information that you have, but it's also not happening in isolation purely. Absolutely.
0: Do you see that same impact of kind of context or constraint in tactics or i suppose what i'm saying is and maybe i'm going i'm overthinking these definitions here but if if you were decided to like change tactics is that a that's really a strategic decision that's because you're you're spotting something that means that your strategy has now changed goal or does it mean that like you're kind of the tactic you have to kind of adapt in the moment Mm.
1: um At the risk that I misunderstand all, I would would disagree um, because in the end, the other split that I would make between strategy and tactics is that strategy outlines my intent. Like, what am I trying to do? Why am I trying to do it? What are the contexts that play into this? Um, And then it's about effectiveness. Like, are we doing the right thing? And the tactics are about how are we going to get there? Like, how exactly is our gameplay going to be? How are, like, which Paths in my taking um, where am I turning on my hike and so it looks much more like takes the intent of the strategy and turns it into actions and so I do think the tactics can absolutely change like the intent may may stay the same but say you're running out of budget sooner than expected (laughs) Um, so you Mm. may have to take some shortcuts or make some adjustments in order to still achieve your goal of course you also may have to change your strategy occasionally that's absolutely a thing but I wouldn't connect that to tactics changing, because the tactics are ultimately the how, so the the steps that you're taking to get there.
0: We've talked a bit before on on this podcast, and I think you and I have talked, have talked before about the way these things get used a bit like buzzwords. Mm-hmm. I, for a long time, was very nervous about referring to things as being strategic or as having strategy, because I think that can sound a bit grandiose, like it's, tra- <laughs> it's trying to make it take some plans and make them sound like bigger and more mm-hmm. important than they are. And one of the things I found when trying to read around strategy and like convince myself that there is, it's more than just plans with a fancy word <laughs> applied to them. There is a lot of advice on how to recognize good strategy, mm-hmm. right? Um, there, there are some really great books out there. And mm-hmm. Feel free to recommend some. Um, I, I've definitely read some that I thought were good and some that I thought were were bad. Good strategy, bad strategy, is one that I liked a lot, for example. Um, But they don't necessarily tell you how to come up with a strategy Mm -hmm. that's good. They can tell you how to recognize one, Mm -hmm. but it seems harder to formulate one. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's fair? Do you think that's right?
1: Absolutely. Um, Because I think there's a couple factors, like one is something we already alluded to earlier, which is just you need a lot of context in order to set a good strategy. Um, And that includes both external factors like competition and macroeconomic situation all that. But then also for the tactical part, the internal situation, like you need to understand your organization very well. Like, how are we doing? What resources do we have in the sense of not just budgets, but also skills in our team available? Um, And so I do think there's just a lot of data that needs to go into it. I think the second part is one that's a bit more structural, but a lot of organizations really struggle with actually, first of all, making time for strategic work and then also having the right people involved. Because ideally, in order to wrangle all that context and have as much information as possible, you need a lot of different perspectives, um, a lot of different um, thoughts that go into it. And many leaders are just very busy at all times and struggle with actually making time for this kind of deep thinking that coming up with a good strategy requires. Because it also requires the context shift, like strategy requires, sort of, yeah, looking at the the mountain from afar, looking at the really big picture and not just of keeping your eyes on the ground right below your feet. And if you're busy and having a hectic schedule, that's really tough. And I think the third part is basically a consequence of what you just mentioned, which is that... um, people have very different understandings of what actually makes a good strategy and therefore also how to create one. Like one example I like to use is um, I worked with an organization last year that essentially wanted to get to better outcomes, improve their efficiency, but also their effectiveness. So that's both strategy and tactics topic. Mm. And ultimately, we ended up working together on coming up with a strategy with them and one piece of that strategy was just a two-liner that essentially outlined here's what our engineering teams is go- are going to look like in the future and that included you know here's the number of engineers we're going to aim for here are the roles we're going to have in terms of product management engineering management some agile coaches Um and that was it that was a relatively short part and it explained a bit of context as to why Um but that was a strategy and is a strategy Um but i think you know to your point, a lot of people think, oh, it has to be these like 50 page documents with a lot of research and whatnot. But mm. in this case, like that strategy is extremely succinct, but it's also going to be vastly impactful because in the case of that organization, it's going to reshape how they are thinking about how their product is built. And that means a good strategy can be really boring, but I think A lot of people have this idea in their head that it needs to be this grandiose um, document and really like big and a lot of work needs to go into it. And I think over that, um, there's sometimes an expectation created for what actually the outcome and the result of this document basically needs to look like. And therefore, a lot of organizations just delay working on strategy because no one really has the time or context for that
0: it's actually one of my one of my favorite things i think it was from good strategy bad strategy is the idea that your kind of perception of the context that you're in should be a little bit controversial because there should be some things that you're almost ignoring as opportunities and you see that a lot with very big corporations often very kind of generic strategy which is like oh we're going to be kind of customer focused and and profitable You're like well that just sounds like wishful thinking right like mm-hmm. none of that feels like groundbreaking there's no controversy there whereas saying we're going to we're going to hire these roles we're going to adopt this new idea potentially is you know we see this opportunity it's not clear that everyone is going to like it but we're going to pursue it that feels more like a strategy because it's contextual, because it has, as you said, like it's got a, a bet sort of built into it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I actually, since you mentioned good strategy, bad strategy, there's one example that um, the author mates of the of Starbucks. Um, enough, like the founder who was in Italy saw the coffee culture there. He was working at, I think, a coffee roastery in the U.S. And he said, Hey, I want to bring this coffee culture in Italy where people have like this, you know, good coffee. They hang around. They have community. It's a place where oftentimes the whole village meets. Like, I want to bring this to the U.S. And to me, that's a really good strategy or an idea of, for example, what what a strategy could look like. Um, and then the tactics um, were that like, he asked, I think, his employers to set up a little coffee shop in the corner somewhere near the roastery, just to try it out, to run an experiment to see what would happen. And that's what Starbucks became eventually. Um, I didn't mm-hmm. fact check this; I just got this from good strategy, by strategy. But I love this idea to illustrate it in that. Um, there is such a strong connection between like having this big bold idea, then also doing something to figure out if, if it might actually work. But I do think, to your point, if your strategy isn't, like, it doesn't have any tension in it, it's at least a good question to ask yourself if it's the right strategy. Because ultimately, if, for example, you go for what you just said, you know, high customer satisfaction, profitability, like that's great, but where is the risk that you're taking? Like, is the risk purely in the tactics? Like, are you going to, I don't know, uh, try to damage your competition to really get to get all customers to sign up for your app? Or like, what's the risk? Because that whole point, to me, one of the biggest factors of strategy is that it's also an implicit or explicit commitment to what you're not doing. Mm. And I think especially if your strategy is as abstract as the one you described it's really hard to justify what you're not doing because it's not sharp enough. Like it doesn't really have edges to it. And that also risks that you're going to either try to cram everything and any ideas that you have into the work you're doing, or you're just not going to really make progress in the area where it matters because you didn't do the hard work to define where that is. And I see that a lot with like smaller organizations as well, where, they're trying to go after everything either because they are like averse of making the hard decisions, don't want to take too many risks, which I I understand. But then it also ends up meaning that again, they're not actually making meaningful progress in any area because they're just not focused enough.
0: Mm. And I think focus is just a generally hard, hard skill that Mm -hmm. feels particularly when something hasn't started working yet, right, which is often the case for small and early stage companies it's it's tempting to to grab a passing opportunity that comes to you even if it's mm-hmm. you know it's it's effectively in in your metaphor it's like seeing a path that goes down a little bit but in roughly the right direction that all like, oh, that's that's very mm-hmm. tempting but actually it's <laughs> not getting you towards the peak that you're mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. even though climbing that path might be harder work do you think strategy and thinking strategically applies to lots of different levels in an organization i think most people agree it applies definitely applies to people leading organizations mm-hmm. is there a point down a kind of hierarchy where it stops to make sense to try to be strategic mm-hmm. where you shouldn't yeah you should accept that that isn't part of your role
1: I don't think so at all. Like, I think, um, like leadership in the sense of, like, I defined leadership is leadership as dealing with ambiguity and change. Um, that is something that I think people at all levels can do. And I believe it's the same for strategic thinking, um, and strategic leadership because ultimately I define strategic leadership as basically turning a specific way of thinking into a habit and that type of thinking would include looking at context, looking at like, the world around me, the economic situation, our competition, our customers, looking at context internally, like what are other teams doing, how does our work fit in, how does our work connect with the bigger picture of what the company is trying to do, and how can we do work that is the most impactful. And I do think that's possible at any level, I would say, of course, it comes with a lot of ambiguity, it comes with a lot of context being needed. And so for, say, an entry-level engineer, some of that context may be really hard to obtain because they're not necessarily involved in all discussions or their manager isn't sort of cascading that information to them. But I don't think that means that this person can't do it. Like you, know, you can still look at roadmaps, you can look at your company's strategic documents or at your team strategy and see how the things that you're working on every day connect to that. And so I think, yes, in some roles, it is an explicit part of the job description, like for executives, for example, or even many senior leaders. But at the same time, I think especially for technical leaders, for engineers, there's a great opportunity in thinking more strategically as a way to make sure that they're thinking more pragmatically and ultimately they're connecting their daily work with the outcomes, which can can not just be motivating, but also help them increase their own impact.
0: Mm. One of the things you said before, is that it can be really difficult to make that time mm. particularly if if you haven't been historically considering the strategy of what you're doing and you want to start you probably have a very full schedule mm-hmm. i think that's that's probably even even worse at the moment as there are companies are doing big rounds of layoffs so there is the same often amount of work and fewer people mm-hmm. to do it and more pressure on companies to achieve more with less mm-hmm. How can someone carve out that space, the mental space, mm-hmm. to start thinking about strategy?
1: I love that you just called out the mental space for it. Because, I mean, honestly, for me, what you just described was a huge challenge as well. Like My calendar was overloaded with meetings um, and the time I didn't spend in meetings was just time i needed to get things done and honestly sitting down and thinking didn't exactly feel like like work and so i wouldn't necessarily gravitate towards it um so like to me there are two parts to this and the one part is that like i firmly believe that strategic work is leadership hygiene like it's something you need to do you can't postpone it you can't um just skip it it's like brushing your teeth it's just something that needs to happen if it doesn't happen bad stuff will happen <laughs> um, like thinking about it that way and that also means there are some really basic things that you can do to help with that like one bit is um, just knowing how our brains work and for me that was a big shift like I would so I, I at some point myself worked on making strategic leadership a habit and that's where a lot of the things that I'm sharing with people now are coming from but one big thing is that many of us get sucked into dopamine triggering activities. Um, So dopamine is this neurotransmitter that gives us a feeling of like reward and happiness. And it's just a slight kick, um, but it makes, for example, like finalizing a task or shipping a pull request. or So those are the feelings of reward that you get that's usually dopamine. And the problem is that if, for example, you start your day, you open your laptop, you have your Slack messages, Teams messages, emails, your to-dos, you dive right into those. That's where you immediately get onto that dopamine-hitting level of work. And that also means it's going to be really hard to step out of that. Mm. And that's where the mental, um, so f- mental capacity for the strategic work comes in. Because strategic work, it's, like, it's long-term, it's ambiguous. There's not a lot of clear answers. You won't necessarily actually get that feeling of reward and so it also means that I'll get to the logistics in a second. But it also means our brains won't necessarily make us inclined to do this work because there's just other much more fun things. Um, one other way that I've seen this happen quite a lot is, you know, if CTOs still have uh, still participate in incident response when their company is like 100 engineers already, like that kind of firefighting work is also exceptionally dopamine triggering. Um, Mm. So that's why one of my first recommendations is, if you want to make time for strategic work, do it first thing in your day. And just make 10 minutes, 15 minutes max, and I've done this with a lot of people from engineers to CEOs, everyone has 15 minutes, Um, and actually start your day with this thinking and do it. Do this work before you get sucked into your routine, your meetings, your day to day and all the dopamine hitting work, um, because it's going to make it otherwise so much harder to actually step out of the rewarding or instantly rewarding work into the bigger unknown of strategy work again. Mm. Um, So that's the mental side. And honestly, I think um, basically you have to trick your brain into doing this kind of work um, because you're not necessarily going to be inclined to do it yourself. And that's also where the second part of this comes in, in terms of just the calendar logistics, because those are also very real for many of us. And that's why a routine I had for myself for a couple of years is just 15 minutes every day blocked on my calendar first thing in the morning. I would sit down before opening my laptop. And I had a set of strategic questions that I walked through and that I thought about like what's going on in the world, what's going on with our competition, how are our teams doing so both an external and internal view, how can I help my teams connect more with strategy um, and what are the things that I shouldn't be doing or that we shouldn't be doing anymore. So again, that's sort of saying no. And that not, didn't lead to the grandiose realizations every day, <laughs> but that's also okay. <laughs> like there's a big part in there. So I would write those things down in a notebook. And every time I do strategic planning with my teams, we did that around every quarter, um, I would sit down and just look at my notes again and see like what came up for me over time because I had this record which made it really useful to then zoom out and talk with my team about what's been on my mind and then figure out how we're going to turn this into actual strategy and tactics. So that's more the logistics part. Um, but I do think both of these components and being cognizant of that, that it's not just a calendar thing, but it's also in how you approach your work is really important.
0: Mm. I'm really pleased that you mentioned logistics, actually, Um, (laughs) because one of the things that can really go wrong with strategy is strategy being entirely Mm top-down and potentially missing a trick because it lacks input from the people who might execute the strategy, who who are involved in the tactics, who are closer to what's happening. And I remember chatting with someone who'd been a Marine, who's told me this quote that apparently is better known in the military that amateurs talk exclusively about strategy but pros have strategy but they are hyper aware of logistic mm-hmm. if you're i don't know running a part of the army it's not just kind of oh we're going to attack them on that flank or whatever you're thinking about supply lines and how you know egress for your troops and things like that and i think it's possible when it comes to strategy in leadership and in organizations to miss that link between here is our grand plan, but also here's how it's actually going to be made possible.
1: Now, I love that quote, um, especially because I think it goes to the point that a lot of organizations really struggle with, which is like helping your people understand how you're going to make it real. <laughs> because it's mm-hmm. really easy to throw some big walls on the wall and talk during your company, all hands meeting about, hey, this is the big thing we want to achieve. And then an hour later people go back to their desks and sit down and say, Well, I have Jira ticket um, 7305 and that ticket is about whatever JSON file that's drawing some errors, and um there is a huge disconnect. Um because of course, like ultimately you still need the Jira tickets to achieve your strategy. But if people at every level in your organization don't genuinely understand how their exact work actually connects with these big words that you have in your strategy you're not going to get there because that's the logistics like the logistics in your say engineering organization are your geographic tickets, like your your roadmap your quarterly plans Mm. the the initiatives that you're taking the way that you're capturing the impact of those how you're seeing progress against it and in order to both give people like Keep people motivated, give them a sense that they're actually contributing to this, but also in order to actually see if you're moving in the right direction. You need to put everyone into a position where they understand your strategic ideas well enough that they can contribute to this and say, hey, I'm a subject matter expert for this domain, for these services, for this customer experience that we own. Here's what I think as an engineer we can do in order to help the company achieve its big goals. And that's mm. something that you need at every level, because otherwise, as you just alluded to as well, you're going to miss out on opportunities because you're just making it a top-down thing and you're not getting as many ideas as you could if people genuinely understood what, what you're trying to do.
0: Mm, definitely. And I think there's a there's a potential flip side of that. So I was on a panel for an event and someone came with the question or the point really that they had been told they needed to be more strategic, that the work they were prioritizing wasn't strategic enough. Mm-hmm. And this person was saying that, you know, all of the work I am doing and that I'm pushing my team towards is entirely towards this overall strategy that we have for the company and for this for my bit of the organization like what am i doing wrong like i feel like all of my work is strategically focused and i'm being told that none of it is mm-hmm. what should that person be doing differently should that person be doing anything differently
1: i love that example because um, so i've experienced similar situations myself, and honestly, it's something that I speak about with people every week now, <laughs> like one mm-hmm. of the first questions I ask people when I start working with them in coaching or consulting with organizations is, um, what are you spending your time on and how you how should you be spending your time? And the number one answer is always, well, I should be doing more strat- strategic work, but either I don't exactly know what that means, how to do it, or I just don't have the time for it. Um, I think like I'm on this kind of personal mission now to demystify strategic leadership, <laughs> because, as you said earlier <laughs> like, there's there are a lot of books and ideas about strategy, but so many people struggle with like making it real and actually habitualizing it, mm-hmm. and that's also something i had I had to do for myself, and so I think honestly, the first recommendation I'd give this person is like ask the person who gave this feedback what they actually mean because you said it earlier, X strategy is such a big word, it gets thrown around a lot, and people have vastly different ideas what that actually means. Like, my spidey sense, honestly, based on this extremely uh, short context, would be that a case might be that this person is, you know, rallying to their team towards strategic initiatives, but they're, for example, not driving any of them by themselves, or they're not owning a bigger piece of work, or they're not um, sort of thinking about how they could evolve their team strategy. So less the sort of, quote unquote, reactive part of strategy with like doing work that aligns with what's there, but thinking about what isn't there yet and what we could make happen in our team and our domain. Um, so that is some, a piece of feedback that a lot of leaders get. Obviously I have no idea if this is actually the case, but like speak with the person who's giving you this feedback, try to understand where they're coming from, what success would look like from their perspective, what doing strategic work well, Um, would mean to them and then take it from there. Um, Because again, people have vastly different interpretations of what strategy means and looks like in practice.
0: (laughs) Right. I think that's so true that you need to have the conversation around it, partly because because that word strategy can be used to mean so many different things, but also because that person might not know all the context that you're working Mm -hmm. with. And because strategy is contextual, because it is a response to the situation. Mm-hmm. It might be that your strategy is a really sound one, but you know things the other person doesn't. Mm-hmm. I think it's very hard to judge a strategy from the outside with, because you don't have full information, you mm-hmm. don't have as complete information as mm-hmm. people in there, which, you know, to... To just pick a recent example, it can mean that you drop 44 billion on acquiring a company because you think <laughs> their strategy is completely wrong. And then you implement your own and realize that that maybe there was a more complex situation than you thought and it, your ideas weren't all entirely brilliant.
1: What a great anonymous example.
0: And yes, exactly. I won't mention it. I won't, who <laughs> you won't name names her. here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
1: but I, I do think that's a great point, Jake. Um, I have this um, framework for strategic leadership that I initially developed for myself and that I presented in this talk that you mentioned. Um, it's called STAB. So S T A B B. Um, it stands for um, space in the sense of like, making time, then thinking, um, action, and setting boundaries for like, saying no. And then, but the last component is the one I wanted to talk about, which is the broadcast parts that communicate what you're doing. And another challenge that i've had and that a lot of leaders have is that you're not necessarily making visible what strategic work you're doing (laughs) like because a big part of strategy unless you're talking about creating a document but that's not what strategic leadership exclusively is like you're probably going to spend a lot of time thinking and looking at your team and talking with your team members getting them aligned and that work isn't necessarily immediately visible to your boss so that also means, you know, to your question earlier about what should this person do who's getting feedback about not being strategic enough, it might also be worth looking into. Like, are they making visible how they're like aligning with their team on strategic work? What the impact is of that work? Um, is their boss actually understanding that? Like many bosses don't read emails, and that's a very mm. simple explanation for a lot of <laughs> communication breakdowns in organizations. Um, but so like, try to like, I do think an important part of this, especially, you know, the logistics and tactics part as well as like making visible what you're doing, because one, it helps you make sure that you're still moving in the right direction. Like if other people see, hey, these are tactics that are making progress, but it's actually not the direction we want anymore, or we mm. we need to make some tweaks, like that's one part. But the other part is also like highlighting the impact that your work has on the organization and you won't, you shouldn't assume that your work is being noticed and especially your strategic work, um, because we can't just all churn out strategy documents on a weekly basis and then say, well, we're working strategically, (laughs) Um, because again, that's not the point of it. Um, It's like kind of almost aggressively communicating and making sure that work is visible, I think is a part that's easily overlooked because Mm. it's so kind of logistics focused again
0: yes exactly and uh, it is exactly that part of logistics right it's the gap between the strategy and the actions when those actions are taken by by other people is communicating to the point of it being over communication mm-hmm. um or rather that it might feel to you like over communication, but it, that probably means that things are starting to land.
1: Mm-hmm. That's like my usual rule of thumb is like, if you get tired of saying it and can't hear yourself talking about it anymore, you can assume 80% of people have heard it. And that's <laughs> it's worked quite well for me so far.
0: <laughs> well, before we get to that point on the discussion about stress and tactics, I wanna say a big thank you for joining us for sharing all of your wisdom. I really appreciate it. And I've personally found this very useful and I hope our listeners have too.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun.